It takes time to plan a trip, and Brazil was no different. South America and Central America, or Latin America, however you want to describe it, was no exception. This was going to be a much more serious trip. Between coming back from 2011 and between then and 2014, we decided that we wanted to travel for a much longer period of time. We'd learned a lot of lessons. We decided that we would go out for about 10 months this time. Admittedly, six of those weeks would be based in Rio de Janeiro for the World Cup. We decided not to travel too extensively around Brazil, uh, but base ourselves in one place, which is what we decided to do. In order to learn from the mistakes that we made from 2011, we decided a couple of things. We, in the planning stages, decided where we're going to fly to. Well, we're going to fly to Brazil for the World Cup. Uh, we're going to stay in Rio. So great, no problem. We'll spend the whole six weeks or so there. A couple of days either side for a laugh. Brilliant. Where do we want to finish? Where do we want to end up? Now we ended up on a. We ended up deciding that we would go on a a lads holiday for the last couple of weeks. Um, so we looked at a map, saw Cancun in Mexico, and went, yeah, we'll get, you know, get my brother out, we'll get a couple of friends out, we'll have a complete blowout. We need to finish in Cancun. That's where we're gonna finish. So we booked up an, an all-inclusive two weeks you know, to relax, sit back. That date was in the diary. Brazil was in the diary because you know World Cup dates were there. And then we looked at Christmas and we looked at another place. We looked, a map again and we said look you know Aaron wants to go to the Galapagos 100% wants to go to the Galapagos uh, for myself it was Easter Island you know of all the Maori statues I said well let's book in Easter Island because it's a pain in the ass to get to it's a four five six hour flight it you know flights are not particularly regular let's book it in let's get that sorted so we've got a midpoint so we've done that for September the Galapagos we said well we'll deal with that as and when but for Christmas Let's have a bit of royalty at Christmas. Let's stay in Panama. Let's stay at, you know, again, all-inclusive, five-star hotel. You know, let's sort of, you know, festive period. Let's have a bit of quality. So that's what we've done. Rio to start off with, a few months later, it would be uh, Chile. A few months later, it would be Panama. And about six or seven weeks after Panama, uh, we'd arrive in Cancun, have a couple of weeks lads holiday, and then fly home from there. Everything else in the middle was fair game. We kind of created a list of places that we would like to go to. Again, the key thing being mine was Easter Island, Aaron's was the Galapagos. Everything else in the middle was pretty much the same mentality as last time. Let's make it as let's make it as cheap as possible, but let's have a bit more flexibility. Let's not overplan it. Let's chat more with people. Let's book things last minute, and we'll do it that way. And that's exactly what we've done. The detailed parts, building up to Brazil, was getting hold of World Cup tickets. Now, England had qualified, placed in a tough group with Italy, Uruguay, and bizarrely Costa Rica. I say bizarrely because they ended up doing really well in that tournament, did Costa Rica. But we managed to get tickets for uh, the England game against Costa Rica in a place called Belo Horizonte, which is about a seven-hour bus journey away from Rio. We also applied for tickets for the final, because it was on the 13th of July, which is yours truly's birthday. Didn't get tickets for the final, which you know sucked because that would have been great to have seen England win the World Cup in Brazil on, on my birthday. But we did get tickets for a quarterfinal game at the world-famous Maracanã Stadium in Rio. So we knew we had a couple of sets of tickets. If you don't know a lot about football, we'll try not to uh, talk too much about football. 
uh, throughout the travel, but we love to combine the travel and football. So I'll keep it to a minimum, keep it entertain, keep it entertaining. You can tell the excitement's building up because I'm starting to speak faster. My voice is going more coarse as, as I speak here. It's Brazil, it's football, it's chaos, it's madness, it's, there's sambas, there's people on the beach, you're talking Rio, you're talking, you know, Ipanema, you're talking, talking Copacabana, you're talking the Sugarloaf Mountain, you're talking Christ the Redeemer. Absolutely brilliant, the whole lot, the absolute whole lot. Got to the airport, got to Heathrow Airport, and we booked tickets with Flight Centre, booked tickets to Rio, booked a few other things. Got to Flight Centre, I got to Heathrow, and... Uh, Went to check in. Well, we were flying via Rome. It's again cheap as possible. Flying into Rome, flying out from Rome to Rio, which is quite ironic. There's a Rome to Rio website, so we've done it, which is pretty cool. Went to check in, and um, <clears throat> the woman behind the departure desk said, uh, uh, "Have you got your exit tickets?" And we said, "Well, no. Why would we need exit tickets?" And he said, "Right, no, so, yeah, World Cup." Uh, Brazilian state have basically said they're allowing people in if they're flying but they must have proof of onboard travel so cue a big debate we had with the person at the check-in desk we were getting frustrated she was getting frustrated because we kept saying well look love we've got tickets to fly from Santiago in Chile to Easter Island in December uh, in September so how do you think we're going to get there <laughs> you know Rio de Janeiro isn't Santiago last time we checked how do you think we're going to get there that wasn't washing with her and that went back and forth for about 10 minutes until you know we realized that you know look they're not literally aren't going to allow us on we weren't told about this uh, so we were getting very agitated so we had to piss away a few hundred quid on a flight out of Rio to Buenos Aires it was there if we decided to use it we would use it but if not we wouldn't use it and that issue with flight center went back for a long long time um you know, we kept saying to them, you didn't tell us. They kept saying to us, well, you didn't ask us. I think the mentality at the time was, it's their fault. It's always someone else's fault, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When I look back on it now, I kind of, you hold your hands up and go, yep, do you know what? Actually, should have taken a bit more responsibility here. Should have taken a bit more knowledge. Hands up. My mistake. It is what it is. We got on the plane to Rome. Simple journey. Stayed over. Stayed over there. Flew into Rio. And what we'd done, we'd booked an apartment uh, for six weeks. So we spent about three, three and a half thousand pound on this massive apartment, massive two bed apartment um, from a local guy. He was staying elsewhere, so we had full room in the apartment. But because we got to Rio an extra day early, we just booked in a, a cheapo sort of hostel. They were still cheap at the time because it was a few days before the World Cup started. So we'd done that. Got in with a bit jet lagged. You get into Rio, uh, you get into the main airport, went through customs and i remember i remember needing the toilet i went into the toilet and you know there was again this is probably quite a western thing you get into the toilet and you know we used to having you know your nice sort of porcelain the porcelain gods sat there a nice clean toilet seat everything's fine i remember walking into this toilet five o'clock in the morning and i mean there was literally shit everywhere it was no it was disgusting no toilet seat graffiti everywhere and i'm like man you know, what have we let ourselves into here <laughs> in Rio, in South America? You know, what the hell have we just signed up for? <laughs> just, oh, just absolute madness. All of that being said, uh, we got on the bus and it was cool because we took a trip from there all the way down to pretty much Copacabana. And the sun was coming up. So you can see people streaming down from the, favela, um, from the favelas. Yeah, the sun's coming up. This is pretty cool. This is a good introduction. 
We've got loads of bags on us. You've got to keep your wits about you. Got dropped off at the beach, uh, which was right next to the hotel, funnily enough. Uh, and we we checked in. And, you know, it's about, it about six, seven in the morning. And we, we checked in and the guy said, uh, the, the room's ready, feel free. So we got up there and, and we'd learned this again from last time. We said, well, if we go to sleep now, we're, we're, we're messing up the, the body clock. We're screwed. We have to stay awake. Oh, what can we do to stay awake? Like, well, okay, we'll do what we do best. We'll go for a very long walk. So we went all the way down to Copacabana, all the way back up again, all the way back down again, all the way back up again. That took about eight hours because number one, it's a long beach. Number two, we were stopping for drinks. So that helped as well. But we saw some cool things on the beach. Not many people there. You can see everyone's building up. You can see all the TV stations and whatnot. But we saw the Romford Pele himself, Ray Parler. He was playing beach volleyball. Walked up and a sort of guy wearing glasses, short guy wearing glasses. I was like, ah, that looks like Edgar Davids, that does. Nah, surely not. Uh, sat down, watched them for a little bit. Oh, holy shit, was it? it was Edgar Davids. Edgar Davids playing beach volleyball as well. We saw, you know, again, all the TV stations, people people lining up, that sort of stuff. And that, you know, that, that was a, an introductory experience. By the way, seeing a Brazilian beach for the first time is, is magnificent. A lot of eye candy put it that way they have a complete um mixture of, of females and uh, they're not they're not scared to flaunt it put it that way so i think i probably walk down with uh, jaws down by our legs eyes wide open going humana 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 that's probably what we were doing at the time uh, some very attractive ladies uh, to say the least that was day one day two was a simple case of moving from the hostel to the apartment didn't have internet at the time, but we knew where the apartment was. We Google Maps it. Got to the apartment. Uh, there was no way to buzz the apartment. So we were looking at the apartment, tried speaking to the grounds person that was there. No idea, because most uh, residences in uh, Brazil ha- will be gated and they'll have a, a local security person working the gates. English was bad. No idea. You know, our Portuguese was non-existent either. So we had no idea what was going on. We tried ringing the guy's uh, workplace. Again, conversation was minimal. At this point, we were panicking a little bit. We were thinking, oh, you know, we just spent three and a half grand on this accommodation. It was Airbnb. It's the first, you know, what, you know, it's a large amount of cash at the time. What's going on here? What are we doing? Have we just lost our money? Has this guy done a runner? What are we going to do? Accommodation? All these thoughts going through our, your heads. You're running around like headless chicken. And all of a sudden, Kai comes out of, of uh, the apartment block, comes down. It's like, uh, Rob, Aaron, ah, it's like, yeah, seem, seem, seem. Uh, great, great guy. I forgot his name now, but yeah, really nice guy. Showed us the apartment, left us to it. Uh, and it was again yeah, great, massive apartment, you know, bathrooms, everything everywhere. Great experience. And he said, yeah, welcome to Brazil. Welcome to Brazil. Welcome to Rio. He said a couple of things that you might want to bear in mind. He said, if you go into the beach or you're going to you know, anywhere near any favelas, only take what you need. You know, don't take chains, don't take anything flashy, wear basic clothes. He said flip-flops, if you've got flip-flops, get a carob clip and, you know, clip them to yourself because, of you know, the street kids will nick everything that they can get their hands on. Uh, he said, you know, usual stuff. If you need anything, I'm here, you know, have fun, just be cautious. He said, don't get, don't get ridiculously drunk because, you know, you can end up in all sorts of bother. He said also, you know, the police, not necessarily the best. Although it is World Cup, he said, you know, just keep your eyes open. So that was it. Used his apartment for six weeks. It was fantastic. Had a great time. Went to pick up our tickets as well. 
went to pick up the tickets, got that done. And then before you know it, it's the day of the first game. Uh, Brazil are opening the World Cup. It's their own World Cup. They're at home. Expectations are high. In all fairness, going into the tournament, their squad's not that good. Uh, they've got a, a half-injured Neymar, uh, and a half-injured Thiago Silva at the back. The rest of their squad, on paper, really not that good. But home advantage is home advantage. Pop down to Copacabana Beach. A bit slow to start off with in terms of people meeting there. But it picked up, it picked up, it picked up. And the atmosphere when Brazil kicked off, indescribable. Uh, people dancing up and down. Unfortunately, there were a few Vuvuzelas there. Uh, looking through the photos, some guy got rescued from the water. Um, don't know what happened to him, but he got rescued. Remember the helicopter coming down to rescue him? Half the eyes were on the game. Half the eyes were on this uh, rescue mission going on. Brazil ended up winning, I think, 3-0, maybe 3-1. It was an easy game. Everyone was in celebratory mood. Everyone was having a good time. First game done. Wonderful. Thanks to the timing and thanks to structure, we decided we were going to watch every game. We were going to watch every game in the World Cup, thanks to the timing and what it enabled us to do because of the way the timing worked, uh, you know, was there would be a game, I think it was a, it was something like one o'clock, four o'clock and seven o'clock local time, something like that. So we knew that on, on game days, when the games were being played, we could get up in the morning, we'll have some breakfast, we'll go out for a walk somewhere or do something and then come back, watch all the games, drink a bunch of beer, might go to the beach and watch the odd game or two, uh, but you know, sit in the apartment, drink beer, keep it cheap and cheerful, watch a, watch a bunch of football, drink a bunch of beer. That's pretty much it for about four weeks. There were days off, uh, as they normally are, between group games and knockout games, but we'll get to that in a bit. But we'll finish off this particular episode with uh, watching England at a major tournament. Thankfully, we were lucky enough um, we're going to fast forward to 2021. Lucky enough to be at the final of uh, Euro 2020, uh, England, Italy, at Wembley. It still scars me to even think about it. I'll be honest with you, I don't like losing at the best of times. But we were there, you know, to say that we were there is something that was going to live on in the memory. And we both love football, never seen England at a major tournament before. You know, high hopes for this team just been taken over by Roy Hodgson so it was a bit of a free pass was 2014 you're in a tough group you got Italy you got Uruguay you got Costa Rica before the tournament started the simple thought was well if we can get something off of Italy and Uruguay you're going to beat Costa Rica anyway uh, you'll probably qualify maybe with five points happy days well unfortunately uh, the World Cup didn't go quite to plan for England uh, lost 2-1 against Italy lost 2-1 against Uruguay so we had tickets for the England-Costa Rica game. Costa Rica, by the way, who had beaten Italy and Uruguay. So they'd already qualified remarkably in, in that tournament. So we went into the final game in Belo Horizonte. It was a seven-hour trip to the city by bus. Uh, didn't see much of the city, to be fair, but what we did see seemed all right. Went to watch England play. It was absolutely shit. Nil-nil, dog-crap game. A couple of highlights. Number one, it was uh, Frank Lampard and Stephen Gerrard's last uh, ever game for England. So that, again, that's cool to say that we saw that. Secondly, if you have to put a positive spin on anything, we drew 0-0 with Costa Rica. So we're the only team not to lose to them in the group stage. Hey, you've got to take these... <laughs> you've got to take these positives where you can. 
the coach was full of England fans. Everyone was complaining, as you can imagine. You know, not the showing that we wanted. It's very lethargic. I mean, you know, Euro 2016 was a different story anyway. Uh, but that was watching England at a major tournament. I'm pretty sure it's not good for your health. Pretty sure it's not good for your health. Uh, you probably need to see a doctor before and after, uh, probably for trauma, <laughs> watching England at a major tournament. But England's tournament was done. And, and as is always a fact when England get knocked out of a tournament, the pressure goes off you a little bit as a fan. You can sit back, you can watch it. You don't really care. You know, you let it go. It is what it is. You have fun. You can watch the rest of the games without pressure. Part two of Rio, uh, we're going to talk about Christ the Redeemer, birthdays, World Cup final, uh, the the madness at the Maracanã in the semi-final as well, and you know the effect that had on the Brazilian people. But before we do that, a crazy story. On the road we were staying on, there was a, a lovely bakery, great bakery that you could pick up at a cocina or a kibe, like Brazilian snack food, delicious place. We'd been told by the host of the apartment that there was a, a little plaza around the corner where he said for one of the Brazil games, he said, go round to the plaza around the corner. He said, you're going to have a great time. There'll be loads of local people there. You sit in the park. There's probably going to be a barbecue. You'll have beer. You'll have a good laugh. So Brazil's second game in the tournament uh, was against Mexico. Six o'clock kickoff. We've gone round to the park. About quarter to six. There's not a lot going on. Not many people there. Bit eerie. We thought, this is a bit strange. We said, well, we've got a game to watch here. You know, we want to see Brazil play. The bars were packed. I couldn't get into the bars to see, see anything. About five to six. This is a bit dodgy now. Uh, what are we going to do, mate? Uh, what, what's going on? Out of nowhere, a camper van pulls up. Brazilians love their Volkswagen campers, and kudos to them for that. A Volkswagen camper pulls up. It's a mega death Volkswagen camper. You have never seen anything like this in your life. A mega death camper van pulls up. Three quite big guys get out of the camper van. It's pulled up next to the plaza. Three guys get out. Next thing you know, the side door's being opened. The TV's taken out. It's tied to the top of the, the minivan, the camper. I don't know to this day where they got the, their electric from. Bollocks knows where they got the electric from. Next thing you know, the TV's up there. It's right in time for the Brazilian national anthem. The plaza becomes flooded full of people. Brazil shirts, Vasco da Gama shirts, you know, all the local football teams there. Muggins here's in his Reading shirt. He's sticking out like a sore thumb. He is loving it. The beer's flowing. Tubs of Heineken are being passed out. Tins of Heineken are being passed out as well. Next thing you know, game's being played. Don't get me wrong, it's a terrible game. It's nil-nil, nothing happens. Just being in that plaza, watching that unfold was it incredible one minute nothing's happening next minute you know boom see you later everything's in chaos you know people watching the game people having the right old laugh we've chatted to a couple of brazilian guys again doing our trick of naming as many brazilian football teams as he can and, and nodding you know they were saying manchester united manchester city like yeah yeah seem seem vasco da gama and fluminense oh seem seem and got offered a carnival drug so oh, what's going on here so he got off with the carnival drug. These guys were taking it. He showed us what to do. So you, you dab a bit on your shirt. It's like a popper, basically. Pop it up your nose. Deep breath in. Or, sorry, you know, sniffing. And then he said, you'll be high as a kite. Oh, yeah. Definitely high as a kite. Got that high that what we done. And I kid you not, 
Are we uh, out of our out of our mind? And this is the only game we missed in the World Cup. Uh, I think it was Iran South Korea or some nonsense like that. It ended up one one, but we we didn't watch it. We were that high that we got the munchies, decided to go back to the apartment. But notice that the cake shop was open. Didn't think it would be. Notice the cake shop was open. Woke up the next day and there's cake everywhere. I mean, literally there's cake everywhere. There's a cake in the sink. We're not talking like your little sort of Belgian buns. You're talking big, massive cake. There's cake everywhere. There's cake in the bedrooms. There's cake in the sink. There's cake on the floor. There's cake on the TV. There's cake on a toilet seat. There's one in the shower. Where there was cake, where you could think of a place that's cake, and we are hanging. Uh, we are absolutely hanging. They're both, you know, vomiting first thing in the morning. I'm looking around at all this cake. So fucking hell, Aaron, what the hell have we done here? The, the next couple of days, we were ropey. Absolutely ropey. We watched all the games from inside the apartment. Uh, and we actually ate. We just lived off cake for about three days. Kid you not. And we got back to the cake shop uh, a few days later. And the, the people in the counter were looking at us very weirdly. And they were laughing and, and smiling a little bit. And, um, you know, so we, we learned a bit of Portuguese. And we had sort of a, this time we had a little translator thing with us. But basically said, you know, what, what happened the other night? Because they recognised us. And in a nutshell, what had happened is that apparently we turned up high as a kite. No idea what's going on. And they weren't meant to close for another couple of hours. But we asked them for every single thing they had left on the shelf, which, again, was mainly cake. And they apparently just said, yeah. We said, but if you do that now, we're going to have to close. And we said, don't, we're serious. We're going to buy all your cake. You go home for the evening. You have a good evening. We'll buy the cake. It cost about 30 quid uh, once we converted it, which wasn't bad. But apparently that's what happened. No neither of us have any recollection of it. But that's what the, the ladies, uh, the bake uh, bakery shop said after we'd um, gone in there. Uh, a few days afterwards yeah we cleared them out of cake we took all the cake home and that was it so fun fun story of cake you can now have too much cake amen to that that's where we'll leave that that's one of those stories i appreciate yeah, these sorts of things only happen when you're traveling but that was rio that's halfway through rio on the next segment we will be talking about the rest of rio looking at chrysler edema sugarloaf mountain talking about the semi-final and what it was like to be on a beach full of argentinians uh, in Brazil. And those two countries don't get along. So stick with us for next time. Find out what happened in the rest of Rio. Till next time, Alfie the same.